And so I wrote a review as we end out 2023. This is the end of the year, and uh, it's it's been a great year in many ways, but it's also been a a challenging year to say the least. We're still coming out of the whole pandemic, and now we have all these new things that are going on in the world, and they're causing a lot of consternation with people. There's a lot of insecurity with stuff that's going on. But somehow through it all, I have uh, always managed to try to keep up on the Arantia book, and it's helped me understand things in ways that I never would have imagined. And I want to end the year with a review of the Arantia book because I, I think I'm going to make a prediction that during these extraordinarily challenging times, the Urantia book is going to become more instrumental in helping people understand how to deal with what's going on. Uh, and I, I hope they do because, you know, I don't know. If I've been reading it for 40 years and um, it's gotten me through a lot of things. And it's it it still inspires in me a great deal of hope. I believe that our unseen friends uh, have their hand in a lot of things. When I thought that the chips were down and we were literally steps away from World War III, something happened and things didn't happen the way that they should have, or at least uh, as I thought they would. When the pandemic first hit, no, none of us knew how serious the damages were going to be. But it certainly exposed how people would take advantage of a pandemic. And I think we're still reeling from that. The fog has not yet cleared on a lot of the uh, the pandemic stuff post-COVID. Uh, and now we have some wars. And these wars are significant in historical terms. But they're also significant in the sense that there's a lot of shifting going on in, in Europe. There's a lot of shifting going on in America. A lot of it has to do with migration and refugees. But none of this is new. None of this is... We we read in the Arantia book how the Neanderthal moved from place to place to place and they expanded over the whole globe, you know. And it took a few hundred thousand years for them to make that trek. So what we're seeing now is nothing more than migration continuing. You know, we have wars in the Middle East, and what it happens is that we want to try to give the people in the Middle East a, 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 a place of refuge. But what's interesting it, we, is that we don't offer and extend the same courtesy to much of South, or much of Africa, which is still trying to claw its way into modernity. And they're not getting much help from the West, but we'll save that for another day. But the important thing is that the Arantia book, I think, serves an even more relative purpose because, uh, in my opinion, the Arantia book offers a lot of answers that would help solve a lot of our problems. And every once in a while, I actually try to bring something to the podcast that that illustrates that point. And most recently, I've been talking a lot about mental health and the power of prayer and service and communion and worship and how that can aid people in having more fulfilling lives. And I think that's something that is desperately needed right now because so many people are suffering from anxiety and fear. And uh, and there's a lot of profit to be made, so you have to be careful because the people that you should trust to help you resolve these issues 
what they end up doing is just pushing a bunch of drugs on you and you become a lifelong uh, recipient of their chemical, what I call mental castration. And, uh, and I think the, the proof of that is the fact that we see so many people now that are not only mentally ill, but they're treat, they're being treated for mental, mental illness. And oftentimes, not often, most of the time, whenever there's a shooting or a mass murder, it, that person is someone who's either being treated for mental illness or they stopped being treated for mental illness, which tells me it's related uh, to how they're being treated. But has anybody in the room thought about the idea of praying, the power of prayer? I'm sure that the Arantia book isn't the first book to come along and talk about the power of prayer. And prayer, according to the Arantia book, opens these dynamic reservoirs of power and resources that can help us deal with our anxiety. You know, we're fear-driven people. We're driven naturally by fear. You know, religion may would not have existed if it wasn't for, as the Arantia book uh, points out, because of our ghost fear. You know, we wake up in the morning after experiencing serious tribulation during our nighttime, and it and it makes us make these, you know, weird decisions. Human beings are naturally fearful. We're anxious. We're nervous. Uh, it's no wonder that we're, f- you know, full of anxiety. And, and a lot of it has to do with trust, and a lot of it has to do with faith. And, you know, insurance companies wouldn't exist if people didn't have as much fear as we have in the unknown. The unknown future and the unknown. And you know what? That fear is justified, uh, especially in the modern age. So I thought I would end out the year with a re- review of the Arantia book. And I wrote this thing, and I hope that you enjoy it, and I may interject some additional thoughts. But here's my story, and here's my review of the Arantia book, a book that I have read, I don't know how many times. I would say at least for sure three times. But you know what? You you study it. You just keep reading. I've never really ever stopped reading it. Uh, now I read more randomly because I am familiar enough with the book so that no, more, no matter where I jump in, I know immediately uh, what, I'm, what I'm reading about. Now I've written two books about it and have been hosting a podcast centered around the the book since 2017, just before COVID. I also hosted a website, uh, which uh, is now urantiaradio.net, and I post articles. I also have links to other Urantia-related stuff, like, uh, you know, calendar of events over at the fellowship and Urantia Foundation links, and then there's a link to the book. And I, of course, am not nearly, nearly as of, of an expert as I know so many people in the Urantia book community are. I mean, I'm awed by the work that they do over at Urantia Films, and I'm awed by the work that they do over at the Foundation and the Fellowship and the International Association. I mean, these people inspire me because, you know, during the early years of the Urantia book, it was kind of lonely out there. There, we, Before all of the internet and everything, 
you know, you only knew about readers if you, you know, you called Chicago and they would give you a list or they would, you know, hey, where are you? Okay, well, we'll try to hook you up in a neighborhood where they have a, you know, a, a, a book reading club, you know, or a gathering, but not much. It, it wasn't until after like mid-2005 when they started having social media that the Arantia Book uh, Societies started to emerge. And boy, you know, we, we've come a long way, baby, you know. So let me know what you think. Uh, here is my testimony of the review of the Arantia Book and see if it if you're someone like me who's read it for a long time. Let me know what you think. If it's somebody that has not read the Arantia book and you want to know about it. Well, here's what I have to say about it. For the moment you start reading it, you begin to sense the authority of the papers because of the quality and the richness of the language. The authors have a great command of the English language and it is hard not to notice its superior linguistic form in the same way we would appreciate the works of Shakespeare or even the writings of Marcus Aurelius, or even someone like James Mishner. You sense the person writing has a good grasp of the subject matter, and that describes the quality of the Arantia book writing. From the beginning paragraph in, par in paper one on the Universal Father, here's a good example. Quote, the truth about the Universal Father had begun to dawn upon mankind when the prophet said, You, God, are alone. There is none beside you. You have created the heaven and the heaven of heavens. With all their hosts, you preserve and control them. By the sons of God, where the universe is made, the Creator covers himself with a light as with a garment and stretches out the heavens as a curtain. End quote. Similarly echoed in 1 Samuel, and I saw some, some similarities in, in what's known as uh, Hannah's Prayer, if you want to reference that. But the Arantia book immediately comes off as, as sort of biblical, really. You might expect from something exceptionally seasoned writers were involved. And uh, the prose proves most consistent throughout the million or so words that the Arantia book contains. It's, it's extremely consistent and has remained so over so many years, decades. So the Arantia book is divided into four parts. And part one covers those sequences of events which we might call the beginnings of things in creation. And this was long before lower evolutionary life began to form throughout the young universe. The deities, the deities, who are the deities? The deities are God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. They're the Trinity. And they were busy formulating their plans of what to do with universe expansion. The first five papers in the Arantia book are about God, his nature, attributes, relationships, sovereignty, and equally important and above all importance is the love that drives him to do all of this. And this means that God is a person, just like you and I are persons. Uh, he is actually the source and the destiny of all persons. We are taught from the first paragraph, we are his spirit children. The spirit in this life, and in all lives really, to follow is our link 
to God. Now let me point out an important element the book uses to present its conceptual framework of reality. So for example, the end of part one, which covers the central creation, flows into part two, covering the local region of more recent events tied to our own eventual appearance on the stage, and the story stretches back in both time and space. So you have time and you have space expanding outward parallelly. And such a story is filled with so many interesting details. You never get bored reading about learning about any of it. So in this regard, while the Urantia book can be tenuous and sometimes even hard to fathom and, and requires a considerable amount of faith to believe it could be even possible, but it's there and it's satisfying intellectually when you read it. It seems to make sense. So the Urantia book comes across as being both instructional as well as philosophical, and it synthesizes science, history, and religion. Now part three delves into our world, and it takes the baton from part two and lays out the sequence of events that led to the appearance of man. So you get to read how it all started, and being somewhat knowledgeable but about anthropology and astronomy, the Urantia book is consistent with science, while at the same time proposes a metaphysical answer to why creation did not come from antecedent causation, which is commonly referred to as the Big Bang, that there was this Big Bang that came from nothing. The Urantia book authors tell us that life is not an accident. They tell us there is a God, and this first source and center of all things has a real, bona fide purpose. It might not be apparent or even relevant to a finite modern secularist, but life is nevertheless purposeful and intentional. So if you were a reporter interviewing God, you, you would naturally ask him to start at the beginning. You might have him tell you about his immediate family, his intentions, what it's like to be God, what it was like before the family grew and became a universe filled with living beings on billions of planets just like ours. You might ask God, what's the point? What's the point of all of this? And this is the story of the Urantia book. Now, having provided you with a nutshell ex explanation of the Urantia book storyline, what remains are the details. Papers are subdivided into sections. There are 100, 196 separate papers, starting with God, the central universe, then it goes on to explain life outside the central universe, and then it goes through our own, our own history. And part four picks up the life of Jesus. And it fills in the missing gaps. And you can read it even if you are not a Christian, and you will still appreciate the story, and it would be impossible not to be moved by it. It also completes the story of the Arantia book from beginning to end. The Jesus Papers, as they are commonly called, is what I would consider to be the final act. A creator son bestows himself upon a race of men and reveals God to them as the Son of Man. 
The 700-page story covers every aspect of his life, up to and including the resurrection, where he concludes his bestowal by returning to the very father we are introduced to in the first papers of the book. The prose is undeniably brilliant. Few, if any, books come as close to synchronizing faith, philosophy, and science in such a harmonious style as the Arantia book accomplishes. It is part history, part philosophy, and part metaphysical. Now, as an Asimov fan, a Star Wars buff, and with strong Christian underpinnings, I enjoy the fact that this book is an attempt to tie it all together. It has a contemporary feel. The book is 100 years old, uh, but it still feels fresh. Generations from now, I can see this book being wildly praised as a literary masterpiece. It complements Christianity because it carries its message forward, but injects metaphysics, and I use the word lightly, that takes into account life on other worlds, something most mainline religions tend to shy away from. The Urantia book acknowledges science as part of reality, but there are other aspects of reality that intertwine with just the physical part. There is also spirit and there is mind reality, two areas humans currently have limited knowledge about. So the book was published in 1955. The Arantia Foundation translates and distributes the book worldwide. Several million copies have been sold. Digital downloads are in the hundreds of thousands every year. And according to the foundation, that is a, a, a true testament to its staying power. No one calls it a religion. It's more like a new perspective. And it's written in such a way that you can study it for a little while, get what you need, you can move on, or you can enjoy it over and over again because the concepts excite the intellect and give pause to the more profound and meaningful things in life. Things like faith, love, desire for wisdom, and a relationship to the Spirit of God that lives within you and me and everyone who is willing to open that door. And that is my review of the Arantia book. And after many decades of study, I think it's a pretty accurate view. So let me know what you think. Radio at gmail.com We're now coming to the end of 2023. I think we should all say a prayer for 2024. What do you think? We'll see you next time, and we'll see you real soon on the next edition of the Arantia Radio Podcast.